Bibles tonight, James chapter 3, James chapter 3. We uh, finished up a couple weeks ago, in fact our outdoor service I believe was the uh, last message or maybe it was the week after that, I don't remember, uh, on, no it was the outdoor service, was our last uh, message on the book of Acts and uh, now on Sunday night we're looking at a very important subject uh, that we've been uh, talking about. We started last week and we'll have several messages on this subject but we're talking about taming the tongue and it's one of those things that uh, every single one of us have to deal with. Every single Christian has to uh, figure out how, uh, I'm going to give you some practical things about that tonight, uh, but uh, how to keep this thing under control, amen? And uh, boy, oh boy, is it not difficult sometimes. And so we're going to look at some Bible principles that will help us. So James chapter 3, very famous passage of Scripture. If you find your place, stand with me together. And uh, I'm going to read, uh, I'm not going to read the whole passage because uh, uh, most of it deals with this. I'll read a few verses here and we'll talk down through it tonight. Proverbs, I'm sorry, James chapter 3, beginning in verse 2. For in many things we offend all. You know what that's called? Reality, right? Okay? That's just what the way we sinners are. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. We put bits in the horse's mouth, that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which, though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member, and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. Man, those are some strong verses, are they not? But praise the Lord for the truth of the Word of God, the perfect law of liberty that we can look in and see what we truly are, and then get help. Amen? And that's what we're going to look at tonight. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the truth of the Bible. Thank you for the truth of it. God, thank you for the the powerful truths that we need to hear. And Lord, these truths that we're going to talk about tonight, we all need to uh, make part of our life. And I pray that you'd help us. I pray that you'd speak to our hearts tonight, Holy Spirit. We thank you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Last week, we talked about our first message on the tongue was the heart of the problem. And we talked about how that our tongue comes from what's in our heart. And that's the source of what we speak. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And we talked about the importance of keeping our heart pure so that our tongue would be pure. Let's look at this subject tonight, and uh, entitled right out of the Scripture here, A World of Iniquity. A World of Iniquity. Now, the book of James is written to Christians. Amen. And uh, it's written to those that are saved. And so the principles contained in this book are for us, uh, the church of Jesus Christ. And the book of James here dedicates much of this chapter to warn of the, uh, of the potential dangers of the tongue. Let me just say this, church. What we say as Christians is important. It's important the right things we say. It's important the wrong things we say. And it's important that through the help of the Lord, we learn to discipline our words uh, so that that uh, it will help us all through life. And in fact, I promise you this, uh, in fact, he even says it right here, that if you can discipline the tongue, uh, it's the same as being a perfect man. Now that word perfect doesn't mean sinless, it means complete, it means mature. And what he's saying is the pinnacle of Christian maturity is discipline this thing right here, amen? And so uh, let's look at this tonight. Here's the the first point, is although our tongue is small, it's extremely powerful. 
Amen? Although it's small, it's extremely powerful. Now we see this here in illustrations uh, that the Holy Spirit gives us to show us the power of small things. Alright? The first illustration we see is that of a ship. That of a ship. And it uh, talks about how that uh, the ship is uh, driven of the fierce wind that you're turned about with a small helm whithersoever the governor lists us. Now, back in Jesus' day, and, and even true in our day, the ships weighed several tons, yet the direction of the ship was controlled by a small device called a helm. A small device. In, in our day, maybe we would call it a rudder, and it's just a small device. Uh, by the way, have you ever been canoeing before, okay? And, and uh, you talk about a uh, an extreme teen activity, okay? Uh, take him canoe. And I remember one time when I was a, a, a teenager, and uh, Pastor Ross, when he was the youth pastor, took us canoeing. And uh, it was right on the verge of them not even allowing us on the river because it had just rained and it was in the springtime. But they let us go anyway. Big mistake. Amen? And uh, we almost lost three teenagers that day. <laughs> and uh, praise God, we made it. Uh, but if you've ever been canoeing, and uh, you understand that uh, the person that's got the experience has got to be the person in the back, okay? Because the person in the back is the one that all it does to control the direction of the canoe is put that paddle in the water and turn it a little bit one direction or another. And that controls the direction the, the canoe goes. Now, if that's true on a small vessel like a canoe, even more true is it on a large vessel like a ship that will control a small little thing called a helm controls the direction. So here's the principle, all right? Think about this. The tongue controls the direction of your life. Amen? That's the principle he's trying to teach us here. The tongue controls the direction of your life. Then we see the horse, the other illustration used. And uh, by the way, a horse uh, was man's main mode of transportation for most of human history, just up until about the last century or so, all right? And horse was it. That's, that's how uh, mankind mainly got around for thousands of years. And the horse is a very powerful animal. So much the case today that we even relate the power of our automobiles, we relate that in horsepower, okay? Because a horse is a powerful animal. Yet this amazing, powerful animal is controlled by a small little metal device called a bit. Have you ever seen uh, the horse? They put the bridle on the horse. Now, I personally uh, am uh, not a, a person uh, that uh, is much for riding horses. I've done it a few times, and it's just not me, okay? Some people love it, all right? But uh, it, it's not so much me. But those horses, I have been on them a few times, and if you've been on them, they have a bridle, and then connected to that bridle are the reins, and that, those reins are connected to that piece of metal that goes to the horse's mouth called a bit. If you want the horse to go a certain direction, you pull the rein that way, and it will pull the bit that way. And that huge animal is controlled by that bit, all right? Something powerful. So here's the principle. The tongue controls the power of your life. The tongue controls the direction of your life. The tongue controls the power of your life. And then we see another illustration here, that of fire. Now, we talked about fire a little bit this morning. and uh, But uh, notice here what that verse says. It shows how a, uh, uh, behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. All right? Now, I personally have never been in a situation where a home or something has caught fire. Some folks here have. And uh, it's a, a tragic thing uh, to be able to, uh, to, to go through something like that. But with any type of fire, you know what you find out? You know what a big fire always starts off with? A very small flame. 
I mean, you could take a little match and strike it, and no bigger than that little, or we could even take it uh, uh, further than that, a little spark, all right? And just a little spark, if it lands in the right spot, can cause an inferno, because how great a matter a little fire, uh, a little fire kindle it. So here's the principle. The tongue holds the potential of great destruction in our life. Great destruction. And uh, so the tongue controls the direction, the tongue controls uh, the power, and the tongue controls, has the uh, potential of great destruction. So yes, compared to most of our body, compared to the other muscles in our body, the thing's pretty small. All right? Well, let me tell you, it's very, very powerful. And we need to understand that because it can control a lot of things in our life. What else do we learn from the passage here? We see this. The tongue has potential for great evil. Look what it says in verse 6. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members. Notice what it says here. That defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. Man, that is powerful. You know what he's trying to tell us here? Is that this little tongue in our mouth, if it's not uh, controlled, and if it's not given to the Lord to help us control, that this thing right here has the potential of great evil, and when it has that potential, it, it gets its fuel from hell itself. That's what it says. I'm going to tell you this, this old saying, sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but words will never hurt me. That's not biblical. I mean, you ought to go to the book of Proverbs, and we're going to through this Bible study. And I'm going to show you things that, you know what? Words are powerful, and words are dangerous. And you know what? Uh, Our tongue can uh, uh, be used for great evil and great destruction. Listen, that's a stern warning. The Bible talks about, here's, here's how he describes our tongue when it's not used properly. It's described as a fire, a world of iniquity. It defiles the whole body. It sets on fire the course of nature. It's set on fire of hell. It's an unruly evil. It's full of deadly poison. Now, God, if God's going to take a whole chapter of the Bible, and this isn't the only place these principles are taught, but if He's going to emphasize this subject so strongly, don't you think we better get it? Amen? Don't we think we better take heed? Listen, this is a warning to all of us. And understanding, or if we fail to learn how to discipline our tongue, it can result in devastating her to others and to the cause of Jesus Christ. We talked about it this morning a little bit, about how that Satan always tries to attack from within. And let me tell you something. When a lot of that happens, you know one of the main methods of the attack from within? You know what? You know what's used to do that? The tongue. You know how churches are destroyed from within? From the tongue. Amen? And truth be told, it's not necessarily the tongue from the lost, from the outside world. It's the tongue of born-again Christians. Listen, I've seen it happen before. And so it's very important that we understand these truths. What else do we learn here? We see this. The tongue cannot be tamed by man. Notice what it says in verse 7 and 8 of James chapter 3. We didn't read these verses in our text, but let's look at them right now. For every kind of beast and of bird and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But... The tongue can no man tame. It's an unruly evil full of deadly poison. What a proclamation. Amen? Think about this. 
every animal, bird and serpent has been tamed by man. Okay? Now, I don't know about y'all, but let me tell you the people in life who have a death wish are the ones that, you know, the cobra, the, 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 the snake charmers, you ever seen that? Those guys that sit there, and I, I mean, I've seen videos of those guys peck that snake in the head, and these are literally one of the most deadliest snakes in the world, and they'll sit there, and, they, and they'll play the flute, or they'll do whatever, and literally they've learned to charm what they call snake charming, but control, if you will, that serpent. I mean, they've done that with multiple types of animals. I mean, these people that mess around with wild animals are nuts, okay? I'm just saying. All right? These, these people that are, you know, uh, at, the, at the circuses and, you know, lead the lions and the tigers and crack. I mean, are you kidding me? You think a whip is going to stop a tiger if it wants to attack you? But, man, the Bible says that mankind has the ability to tame all these wild animals. But... Here's the opposite of that. Think about what he's saying here. The tongue can no man tame. Wow. Isn't that a, a, a great spiritual truth? Okay. Now, I will say this. There's going to be some positives here, but God's got to show us reality before we can get uh, to how to deal with this thing. You know what he's trying to do? He's trying to let us realize that this thing right here, it, it, it can be, has the potential to be just as deadly as a poisonous rattlesnake as a poisonous cobra snake, based upon how this thing's can used. What else do we see here? We see that in verse 9, the tongue can be extremely hypocritical. Notice what it says here. Verse 9, Therewith, man, this is so true. Man, this is true. Therewith, bless we God, even the Father, and therewith, curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Man, isn't that so true? I mean, you know what, I, and, and it's so amazing to me, and this is, uh, this is how, how Christians, what we ought not to do, we ought not to live a double life, amen? You shouldn't be one way at church and another way at other places. You ought to be just the same anywhere and everywhere you are. But how many times this is true? I mean, we'll sit there and, and you know, in church, oh, amen, preacher, oh, that's right. But you know what, as soon as we uh, get in the parking lot, get the phone out, can you believe so-and-so, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, here we are, praise the Lord, bless the Lord, uh, singing the praises of God in the church house. But as soon as, soon as we, you know, get home or whatever, chick, 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 chick. man, we use that tongue, we're blessing God at the church house. But you get outside of the church house, you know what, it's fellow Christians and sometimes even a preacher for dinner, amen? Now, come on, that's not the way it ought to be. Notice what he says, out of the same mouth proceeded the blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be, Amen? Listen, if there's a clear Bible command, there it is right there. God says, listen, by the way, brethren, and he's talking to the church, come on now, us that are saved, brethren, these things ought not so to be. There's just certain things that in our Christian life ought not so to be. And that's one of them right there, amen? Doth a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Again, he's given us illustrations that make sense to us in life. Okay? Listen, if, if the water is pure, it's because the source of the water is pure. If the water is bitter, it's because the source of the water is bitter. Okay? And it's not going to give you both. Okay? So you know what you've got to do as a Christian? Jesus said in Revelation chapter 3, pick a side. Amen? Quit playing the game. Quit riding the fence. Quit being one way at church and another way at other places. And so what we see here is that on the same day, we can use our tongue to do both good and evil. Let me tell you one of the greatest challenges of the Christian life is to be consistent with our words. 
to find a way to eliminate verbal hypocrisy. All right? So, I told you, I'm going to give you the bad stuff first. All right? I'm showing you the negatives. I'm showing you the dark side of all this first. So, with all this bad news, how in the world can we win the battle against this small but powerful member of our body? Can we tame the tongue? Let me give you some uh, uh, application principles uh, to the things I just talked about. Number one is this, all right? Learning to discipline the tongue is the secret to learning to discipline yourself. Okay, let me say that again. Learning to discipline the tongue is the secret to learning to discipline yourself. Okay, James chapter 3, verse 2. Let's back it up, all right? Notice what he says here. For if any man, th- for in many things we offend all, if any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able also to bridle the whole body. Did you hear what he said there? If you can tame the tongue, you can tame the whole body. Because the secret to controlling your words, all right, and so you can be, uh, or so that you can be uh, mature and complete uh, in your Christian faith, is just that to control your words. And what he's saying here is that if you can control your speech, you can control your life. Let me tell you what a lot of the Christian life is. You know what it is? Discipline. Okay? We use that word disciple a lot, right? The disciples, uh, we're to try and disciple convert. You know what that word disciple has its root word in? Discipline. Okay? And let me tell you what our problem is. We don't want to tell ourselves no about anything. All right? Guilty as charged. That's all of us. Amen? All right? And so uh, if you're going to discipline the tongue, the, it, it's the secret to learning to discipline yourself. Amen? Because if you can get this thing figured out, you can figure out the rest of it. It's what he's trying to say. Because out of everything we've got to learn to, to di- have discipline in, guess what's the hardest one to do? This thing right here. Okay? What else principle do we see is this. Although it's true that our tongue has potential for great evil, all right, here's the flip side of it, our tongue also has the potential for great good. Amen? Because let me just tell you what the devil does. Whatever God has something good for, Satan always has a counterfeit. Okay? So just as the tongue and God goes into great length to describe what it can do to be evil, guess what? It can also be used for good. Take your Bible and go to Proverbs chapter 18. Go ahead and flip over there if you will. And uh, I'm not going to have you turn to to every single passage, uh, but uh, some of these principles we are going to turn to, and you're going to find out a lot of them are in the book of Proverbs. By the way, the book of Proverbs is a wonderful book. It's a book that as Christians we ought to spend time in. In fact, it's laid out in such a way uh, that it's got 31 chapters, and of course uh, pretty much a a chapter for each day of the month. And as Christians, we'd be uh, do ourselves a great service by spending, in addition to whatever area of the Scripture we read, to add Proverbs. Proverbs, the day of the month that it is, add that to your Bible reading because it's filled with powerful truths. Look what he says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. All right? Notice what we see here. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. All right? We've already talked about how that death is in the power of the tongue, the potential of the great evil. But you know what's also in the power of the tongue? Life is in the power of the tongue. And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. All right? And so you know what? With the same mouth that has potential for evil, listen to me, instead of allowing Satan and our flesh to use this thing for evil, hey, why don't we turn it right back in the devil's face and use it for good? Amen? 
You know what? We, just as we can speak words that bring hurt and sorrow, we can also uh, speak words that bring life and health and help to people. Amen? And so listen, we got to use that thing for right. Just as it's got the potential for evil, it also has the potential for great good. All right? Here we go. Number three, and this is the key to it. Pray daily for God's help in disciplining our tongue daily. Amen. That ought to be on our prayer request every single day. There ought to be certain things that you just say to God every day during your prayer time. All right. I think you ought to every day spend time thanking God, praising God. I think every day you ought to spend time, of course, uh, uh, spend time in confession of sin. And, and yes, go through your prayer list. Yes, pray for those things. But somewhere before you close out your prayer, you need to talk to God and you need to pray for wisdom. And part of that well, wisdom is praying also asking God to help him deal with this thing right here. Help. I mean, I say to Lord, please help me, Lord, to say what I ought to say. Lord, help me not to say what I shouldn't say. I mean, come on. As a preacher, as much as I talk, as fast as I talk, all right? I mean, listen, folks, uh, I, I, I beg God to help me when I'm standing up here preaching. Okay? I don't want to say something uh, uh, to, you know, I, I don't want to use the pulpit as a, as, as a whipping post to, you know, damage and hurt people. But I also don't want to uh, not speak truth that needs to be spoken and preach thus saith the Lord. And also, as the Bible tells me to do, reprove, rebuke, and exhort. Okay? I want to have wisdom on the words that I say from here so that they can uh, uh, be used the way God would have for them to be used. Now listen, that's good for the pulpit. Guess what? That's also good for the pew. Amen? All right? And we need to have that prayer and ask God to help us use our tongue for right. Ask God to help us to discipline our tongue. Now, I say it all the time. It's a great illustration. I'm going to say it again, all right? Some, some things are worth repeating, okay? All right? By the way, God repeated a lot of things in the Scripture. So repetition truly is the key to learning. But here's what I've always said, all right? God gives us natural barriers to protect, right? Okay? So if you're going to talk and you're going to have words come out where people can understand them, you got your, your words have to come through two barriers, all right? They got to come through the teeth first. So if you shut your teeth, okay, you can still talk and be heard a little bit. Not quite as good, but you still can, all right? I'm a great ventriloquist, aren't I, all right? All right, so you got your teeth, but then guess what? God also gave you safety mechanism number two, that is the lips. Mm. Mm-hmm-hmm-hmm. Now that I try to talk, you can't understand a word I'm saying. You know why? Because I locked it down. Uh, mm. You know what? Literally, sometimes, if that's what it means, that's what we need to do. Okay? Lock it down. I don't know about you. There's been times in my life where the thought was here. And the words started to come here. But praise God, I have enough sense to go, mm, and did not say what I was thinking. Did not. Have you ever done this? All right, you start to say it, and then someone's like, what was that? And then you make up something else because you don't want to really say what you were going to say? Come on now, all right? Listen, we've all been there. We've all done that, all right? By the way, it's better to, what's the old saying? If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it at all, right? Okay? That's actually found within Scripture, okay? And so listen to me. Pray daily for God's help when it comes to disciplining your tongue. Now, folks, I'm not saying that there's not a time to step up and say certain things. There is. 
In fact, well, I'm going to give you some uh, uh, specific Bible principles, mainly from the book of Proverbs, about the tongue, okay? And I'm not saying that you should never step out and speak out and say certain things. There's times when we better speak up, amen? By the way, the world's not afraid to speak out and talk about their wickedness and perversity and their sin, amen? So you know what? It's time that we as Christians aren't afraid to, uh, to step out and talk about righteousness and godliness and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, amen? So I'm not saying that that means that you don't speak out and you don't even answer certain things that need to be answered. All I'm saying is this, you know what? Never, ever, ever use your tongue, though, in a way that's going to dishonor the Lord and violate Bible principles. So pray daily for God's help when it comes to disciplining your tongue. Remember again what he says in James 3.8, but the tongue can no man tame. Let me tell you something, folks. It's impossible without the help of the Holy Spirit to control this thing. Impossible. Because let me tell you what happens. As soon as we get in the flesh, the first thing that starts happening is we start yapping our guns. Happens every time. We get in the flesh, the first thing that happens, it starts spewing out right here. Okay? And so that's why he says, listen, you don't have the power in the natural man to tame this thing. No way. Amen? But with the help of God, with the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we can. And by the way, we should. It's important that we do. And then, uh, and this is where it's going to bleed over into the message next week. But we ought to pass some laws concerning the use of our tongue and enforce those laws in our life. Okay? Now, folks, listen. God gave us the Bible not to just casually read, not just to fill our minds with knowledge. God gave us the book so we can apply it practically to our lives. You know what that's called? Wisdom. Have you ever read through the book of Proverbs? And, and, and the key to that, or, or the theme of the book of Proverbs, is the word wisdom. Okay? You read that, and you think to yourself, what's it mean to have wisdom? Okay? I hear that. Is, is, it, is it a certain way I think? Is it a certain way, a certain thing that I do? Yes, I guess you say it is. But here, here's the key. Here's what wisdom is, okay? And, and it's not this, you know, crazy, long-fangled, you know, uh, sounds real technical definition, okay? Wisdom is simply applying the principles of the Word of God to your life. That's wisdom, okay? You know what? The Bible talks about having knowledge. Knowledge is learning it, all right? Knowledge is getting it here. And by the way, before you can live it out, you got to get it here. Amen? That's why it's important that we're, uh, we come to, to church to hear the Word of God so we can learn things. That's why it's important, young or, uh, uh, couples, that you get your young kiddos in church from, from a young age so they can be taught these things. Amen? I mean, that's why in these early Sunday school classes, we're starting out young, teaching them the Word of God, teaching them the stories of the Word of God, teaching them about Daniel Lyons, did David and Goliath, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, teaching them these important, fundamental Bible stories. We're trying to get it here, okay? And by the way, that's where it begins. Let me just say this, all right? The more you mature, it should go from here, all right, from the head, then it ought to go living it out in your life. Okay, that's wisdom. It's the practical application of the truths of the Word of God. Now, it's one thing to know it here. And the Bible says, if we're not careful, knowledge puffeth up. That's why you got a lot of uh, you know, supposed smart people walking around, and they supposedly, you know, they, they think they're smart, but truth be told, they're not very intelligent. Oh, they may have it here, but you know what? It never comes out in a practical way and lived out in a way that helps anybody. 
They just try to walk around impressing people with their big fancy words, okay? That is not why God wants us to learn things. He wants us to learn Bible principles so they can be applied to our life. Let me tell you what happens. You begin living out Bible principles, and you know what you start seeing? You start seeing God opening up doors, God moving, God doing things that He doesn't do except for people who apply the Word of God to their life. Amen? And so... When it comes to these laws of the tongue, again, a lot of these come from the book of Proverbs. Now, there's particularly 10 particular uh, Bible principles that talk about the tongue. All right, 10 particular Bible principles. I was going to uh, get into some of those tonight, but I don't want to rush them. I want to, I want to take time through them. I want to uh, uh, turn and look at the Scripture, and I, wa- I want you to get these. Amen? In fact, when we're done teaching through this, all right, and someone help me, uh, remind me not to forget to do this, because sometimes I say I'm going to give you something and I forget to do it. All right? I don't want to forget to do this. But I'm actually going to type these out for you and give them to you, and I'm going I'm to laminate them so you can put them... in a a small sheet of paper and leave them in the leaf of your Bible and look at them often. And you know what? Use it as a prayer list to help God uh, or ask God to help you speak right every single day. Amen? Because I'm going to tell you, all these Bible principles can be summed up uh, in about ten laws, what's known as the ten laws of excellent speech. Things that as Christians, the Bible says, we ought to use our words for and not use our words for. I'm going to tell you, if we'll apply these to our life, I'm going to tell you something, folks. First of all, when you learn to speak properly, you know what it's going to do? It's going to eliminate a lot of the problems we get ourselves into. How many's ever got themselves into a situation that, that, that was a bad situation, a problem, because of this thing right here? Now, truth be told, all of us probably ought to be raising our hand. You don't have to, but I'm just saying we all ought to be probably. Amen? I know I sure have. Okay? And I could have avoided situations. I could have uh, avoided, uh, you know, having to eat crow, all right? And, and avoided different things in my life had I just used some of these laws of excellent speech. Amen? And so we're going to, I'm going to give these things to you. I'm going to teach through them. I'm not going to take a, I'm not going to just hurry through them because I want us to see these things. I want you to see the verses and I want you to see the Bible principles. And listen, folks, you know what I'm trying to do uh, with this series of messages? I'm trying to help us. Amen? I'm trying to help our church. Because again, I hate what the devil does. I hate how he tries to get in and, and tries to wreck churches from the inside out. And I'm going to tell you, it happens a lot. And we are not, there, there's nothing that makes us uh, susceptible to that unless we apply the Bible principles. And by the way, it's just kind of like this, okay? It's kind of like you know, bank tellers that uh, know how to uh, spot a counterfeit. By the way, if anyone's ever worked in a bank before, know how that works. You know how they train the tellers to spot the counterfeit, okay? It's because they always let them handle the real thing, okay? When we take the bank, the church deposit uh, to, the, to the bank each week, you know what? They have those machines they run them through, but you know what the tellers do? Even though they run them through the machines, they still count them out by hand. You know why? Because the easiest way to spot a fake, all right, is because you're so used to the real thing that as soon as a fake comes across, you recognize it immediately. So here's what we want to do, all right? We want to apply the real thing so that that way, and all of a sudden, when the devil tries to sneak in, and he's going to try, I'm just warning you, he's going to try. When he does, guess what? We'll spot it. We'll recognize it. And we'll say, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. That's something the devil's trying to do, and we're going to handle it scripturally and properly and have a strong church for it. Amen? 
And so these are the principles. Start next week. I'm going to teach you uh, the ten laws of excellent speech. And uh, we'll get into some very practical things, uh, uh, Lord willing, next week. So, church, come on now. James chapter 3. Man, I'll tell you, that's a chapter, as a Christian, we ought to go too often. That's a chapter we ought to remind ourselves often. And we just need to remember the great power that this little thing has right here. Amen? And so before we just go off, and here you go, you ready? I'm just going to speak my mind. Well, you better think about that. Amen? All right? Because a lot of times when people speak their mind, it's not because they're thinking before they speak. You know what it is? It's the flesh. is just boiling and pouring. Amen? And so, James chapter 3, wonderful Bible principles here about this tongue. And remember something, folks. We've got to have God's help. Amen? So I pray that starting tomorrow, amen, maybe even starting tonight, your prayer to the Lord is, God, please help me with this thing right here. Lord, please help me not to say the things I shouldn't say. Lord, help me to have the boldness to say the things I ought to say, Lord. Help me to be able to build people up, not tear people down with my tongue. Lord, would you help me with that? Let me just say this, folks. You don't think God will answer that prayer request? Okay? I'll tell you. He, he is interested in His children being interested in the things that His Word says to do and not to do. I'm going to tell you right now. He'll give you the help to do it if we ask and we're willing to follow through on the Bible principle. Let's pray. Lord, we